Hi, everyone. It's Melinda Garvey with the See It To Be It podcast. This week, we have another great interview with an incredible role model. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the See It To Be It podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Garvey, founder of On The Dot, and I'm excited to bring you yet another amazing female role model this week on our show. Today, we welcome Ashley Trenier. She is the founder and CEO of Farmbox Direct, and we're going to hear all about her super cool business and her journey getting there. Welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, before we jump into what you're doing now, I always like to go way back. So what was your big dream when you were growing up? What did you think you were going to be? Well, when I was a little girl, I wanted to be a lawyer. I grew up with that dream of being a lawyer and, you know, that clearly hasn't been the path I've taken. (laughs) When did you start to fall away from the law? I got married very young. And so when I got married, you know, I dropped out of college. And so, you know, that dream just left, you know, 19, 20 years old. And then, you know, I very much pivoted. I think anybody can change their dream at any age. My dream is still changing. You know, I'm going to be 40 soon. And so my dream is still changing. That's right. All the time. No, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about that path. Let's just kind of talk about your journey into doing what you're doing today with Farmbox. Yeah. So again, I got married very young. And when we divorced, I was pregnant with my now nine and a half year old daughter. I split up with him when I was pregnant and I ended up on food stamps and, you know, I didn't have any education and I had to really figure out life at that point because I was going to be a mom and a single mom. And so I ended up getting a job in fashion in New York City and I moved to New York with this young baby and I worked in the corporate world for a few years in the fashion side. You know, I was this busy working mom in New York City, which, you know, you don't think of New York City as being a place that you have a hard time finding accessibility to great fruits and vegetables, but I did, and a lot of New Yorkers do. And so, you know, I grew up on a farm. My dad was a farmer. And so I always loved agriculture. And so I very much saved my pennies and lived very, you know, below my means to for a couple of years to be able to launch my company, Farmbox Direct. And so that love of agriculture and growing up on a farm, you know, I figured to myself, I can't be the only person in New York City that was having accessibility to fruits and vegetable issues. You know, Manhattan at the time, when I started Farmbox Direct, it was long before the Amazon Fresh came on the scene there, you know, like I was one of the first delivery companies in New York City. But in New York, your local bodega will deliver to you at 2 a.m. if you want to, right? So it was the perfect city to test out the business. And then as the company has grown, you know, we really began to work to eradicate the food desert problem that America faces, where people just don't have accessibility to fresh fruits and vegetables in urban and rural areas. So I've taken a lot of different turns on my path to get to where I am today. Well, and I think it's interesting, just focusing on on sort of that food desert, because I, you know, when I was reading just about what you're doing, and you talk about that a lot, could you go a little deeper into that about what is a food desert? How did you sort of learn about what a food desert was and, you know, your company being a solution? So I started getting emails into the company when we expanded and started shipping up and down the Eastern seaboard and people would email in and say, you know, I live in a rural food desert. Can you offer this service for delivery to where I live? And so 
I started researching, you know, what is a food desert? I had never heard of a food desert, but it turns out I grew up in a food desert, but it was just normal to me to drive, you know, 30 minutes to a grocery store, right? Right. And so then as the company grew, you know, we started getting a lot of people started doing stories about us, that we were an option to people in the food deserts as we expanded our delivery path. And so I was introduced to Sam Cass, who was President Obama's chef, and he was a senior policy advisor to Michelle Obama for nutrition. He was the executive director of Let's Move, and he's now an advisor to Farmbox Direct. And so I was introduced to him and he was just like, oh my God, you can eradicate the food desert problem that America faces overnight. And so I just started really working, you know, petitioning the USDA to allow companies to take food stamps online. And there's a pilot right now where different companies can take food stamps online. And I just really became like a voice without trying to become a voice for people that live in food deserts. And so, you know, now I'm like the food desert queen is like what, you know, most people call me at this point. Certainly, I I know that food deserts are in, you know, in rural America and often lower income areas. Something that you talked about in an interview I saw just talking about how, you know, food stamps really sort of shaped and motivated you. Now, of course, you are an advocate. So what's going on sort of in the whole food stamp with this administration and Well, look, if if you take a look at what's happened just in COVID, 24 million Americans live in a food desert. Half of that number is considered low income. There's both rural and urban food deserts. If you include the Bronx in New York City, to give you an example, there's 700,000 people that live in a food desert. And so if we take a look at what's gone on in COVID, you know, the whole country like overnight became a food desert, right? So there's been a lot more like, you know, brightened upon the food desert problem because of COVID. So then you start thinking, then you dive into the problem even deeper, right? So then, you know, once stores started to restock their shelves, it was like, okay, but if you're, you know, 65 or older, you shouldn't be at the grocery store shopping. And then it's like, but hey, there's a huge amount of people that are 65 and older that can't even get to the grocery store. Maybe they don't live in a food desert, but they can't get to the grocery store. Maybe they don't drive. Maybe they don't have family that can help them get to the the supermarket. The only good thing I feel at this point that's come out of COVID is that light that, you know, been brightened upon the food desert problem that, by the way, this is a global problem. We've just given it a cute name here in America. This is a global problem. It's food nutrition insecurity. So, you know, this administration now, you know, we have the farmers to family food bill, you know, that's really been designed to help farmers all of a sudden overnight, you know, the food logistics system in America was turned upside down overnight, you know, like my supplier of produce and actually my packing partner, Liberty Fruit, you know, a huge amount of their business overnight was for restaurants and schools. That overnight change. But when that changed, my company grew by 2200% overnight, like literally in COVID. But I think that that is something good that has come forward is that now we are starting to realize like, hey, there is a huge problem in this country in not just accessibility, but the logistics around food as well. But also the elderly population, right? If you look at like Walmart or Whole Foods, you know, they're offering senior hours to let people come bright and early in the morning to go shop. But if they don't have accessibility and they don't have a means to access the accessibility, if they have accessibility, then we're not fixing the problem. And so we really realized at Farmbox Direct that we're that vehicle to fix that problem, right? If you don't have accessibility or if you have accessibility and you can't get to the store, we're that vehicle 
And so this administration, you know, it's hard because I, you know, I was more in the Obama administration. But I think that, look, currently, I will say that many states have onboarded the pilot to accept food stamp, you know, online. And they've done that in COVID, trying to help people that need accessibility to this program. But they're not onboarding retailers. So like if you don't onboard retailers, it doesn't matter how many states you bring on. If the retailers that you currently have, you can only service a couple states. Why do you even need to onboard any other states if you're not going to onboard the retailers? So you know, I think it's a, a hole with the USDA right now is that, you know, COVID shook up everyone's life, including the USDA. Yeah, we're still shaking. So what do you think is going to happen post-COVID? Because I think it is interesting, you know, how long it takes with like 21 days to form a habit and, you know, have it sort of start sticking. And I can tell you that a couple years ago when I discovered Instacart literally saved my marriage because we weren't arguing over who has to go. We both hate grocery shopping. What's for dinner tonight? All that. It really changed philosophically. And to your point, we actually started eating better. Because Mm -hmm. in two hours, I can get fresh veggies and fish and whatever delivered to my door. Well, the consumer's mind has definitely changed. This was one of those moments where early, you know, first year of Amazon, you maybe would have thought he was crazy if he said when he was just slanging books out of his garage, right? If he would have said, like, I'm going to deliver your groceries, you may have said, you're completely crazy. But sometimes there is remarkable things that happen, like a global pandemic that changes the consumer's mind. So I don't think we're fully ever going to go back, right? Like online grocery sales are still soaring. You know, we're still growing. I think that people that never had to ever think about going to an online service, that they just, they always went to the stop and shop. That's They went every week to get their groceries. They didn't have a choice in COVID. If you wanted food, you didn't have any food, you had to get online to get food. So that mindset has changed. And, you know, I think people see that it's an easier way to do things than, like you're saying, fighting every other day of who has to go to the grocery store and what are we going to make for dinner. I think what's interesting too is like getting healthy. You know, I just went out to dinner uh, like a week ago with my partner and I said to him, my goodness, I can tell that this is cooked in so much oil and butter. And it's because like, you know, I've cooked everything. Like if our household, any of us have ate in the house, like I've cooked it, right? In the last like six months. <laughs> That's right. So I definitely think that, you know, the world has changed on the e-commerce side. You know, we don't know where that is going to drop, but we know we're never going back to where we were. We're a, a new world. And I do think you've got a little more family time. You're in the kitchen more. You're worrying about cooking healthy. A lot of people too, like, look, vitamin C is sold out everywhere. And right. it's because people are trying to build their immune system in any way that they can. You know, the supplement industry is off the charts right now. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a big wake up call for a lot of people to also take a look at their health. Well, and I think it's fascinating too, because certainly, I mean, a lot of big companies have already declared that people are going to stay working remote even beyond this. I mean, for example, Dell, you know, I mean, they're going to have 60% of their workforce now permanently working from home. When you look at companies like that, because I think that's a huge factor. And I mean, I know that I certainly have more time because I'm not commuting to an office and doing that, or I don't get stuck there just doing one more thing, you know, in terms of how we all, you know, relate. So I think that's going to, you know, be super interesting what it looks like going forward. What was the year that you launched your company? I launched Farmbox Direct in 2014. 2014. So you're six years in. 
Six and a half years in, we launched Farmbox RX this last January, January of 2020. So that's our newest initiative. But the company as a whole is like six and a half years old now. Was there ever a moment where you're like, this is not going to go. It's not going to work. I still have moments like that. I think that every entrepreneur has moments like that. Yeah, there's been a lot. I mean, I publicly spoken to you know, thousands of women at the annual Pennsylvania Women's Conference. And I told them there, I said there, I have cried on my office floor more times than I probably should admit. But I think it makes me a better leader that I'm emotional about my company. And, you know, I feel like I have a huge responsibility to the employees. We have people in the food deserts. The only thing that differentiates me from anybody else is just hustle. You know, like this couldn't fail. I didn't have a choice but to make this work. But there are many of times that I didn't think it was going to work. You talk about, you know, you go and speak to other women. and I'm sure, you know, you inspire them and inspire confidence in them to keep going. But who do you turn to? Where do you go for inspiration, for mentoring, to lift you? So my daughter is a big inspiration to me because I look at her and like I see that generation. She's like she doesn't want to use anything that's plastic. She won't drink out of the straw, right? Like because, you know, it's killing the oceans, right? And the turtles and things. But that's her generation. It's not just her. That's all of her friends are that way, right? So I'm always inspired when I see like what our future is going to be. You know, my partner, he's a CEO in tech industry. And so he's a very seasoned CEO. You know, he's got a few years on me. And so he has definitely helped guide me through tough CEO things. I mean, in COVID especially, like I've had some rough bouts before COVID, but when COVID, when all of a sudden... We lived in New York City and that became the epicenter of the world. And then your child is in remote learning. And at the same time, your company has grown by 2,200% overnight and you're trying to feed America. You know, it was a lot to handle. I think I was like single-handedly keeping wine.com, you know, open (laughs) and profitable during that time. But I have a good support system around me. You know, I've surrounded myself with really amazing women that work for me. We have all women with us right now. And so, you know, they're amazing. They'll pick up the slack and do 10 jobs when they should only have to do one. It's been very fortunate to surround myself with really great people there in the office too. Yeah, that's awesome. And so are you living in Boston now? Did you move out of New York? Yeah, we went from New York to San Francisco. And then we were in San Francisco for a bit while things were kind of, you know, calming down in New York. And then we moved to Boston, you know, now for good. And so my partner has family here. I like Boston. I like the East Coast. I like the seasons. I love California though too. But right now it's kind of the year of like, you know, my daughter's doing an at-home school program. So it was like the year of like, I don't think anybody knows where they're going to be in a year. Right? Right. Like, you don't know if we'll go back to New York or what, but we're in Boston currently. Yeah. I know so many people who have moved, you know, to Colorado or just, you know, living other places. I mean, we were six months on the coast in Texas just because you can, right? And learning like, oh, wow, you really can do everything remotely. You know, it's kind of, it's been a very, very interesting time. That is for sure. So as we close up here, is there one piece of go-to advice that you've been given over the years, you always follow that you like to share? I think my biggest advice is I always refer to myself that I'm a rhinoceros, right? So rhinoceros, they can't turn around. They can't look behind. They can only charge forward. And so 
That's been the biggest advice, I think, in my professional career is to be a rhino and to just always charge forward. And when women will come up to me and ask me, like a speaking event, you know, I want to start a company, where do I begin? I always say to start small. You know, we ship nationwide now. I started delivering like in the back of my own personal car in New York City, you know, and then we expanded to Brooklyn and then we expanded a little further, right? You got to have a really, really good plan. I didn't know that about a rhinoceros. I love that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing so openly and um, exciting time for your business. And of course, I don't want to leave without mentioning that you've launched a business with your daughter. Tell us just quickly about that. I would- yep. So we launched Harlow's Harvest together and it is a, an educational cooking kit for children that helps teach nutrition. And I'm really excited about that. We are actually starting to work with that cooking kit. It's an interactive kit that teaches you know, history, geography, STEM, but all, you know, very cute ways, right? Very visual for children and the fundamental reasons as to why you need to eat carrots or why should we eat strawberries? But we're now launching that within healthcare for at-risk children who are maybe obese or diabetic. So I'm really, really excited for the future of Harlow's Harvest too. Very cool. And just a budding entrepreneur getting her started early. Yeah, that's right. Baby rhino. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I love it. Well, so tell everybody where they can find you and order your fabulous box of fruits and veggies. Yeah, you can visit farmboxdirect.com and for Harlow's Harvest is just harlowsharvest.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And we will certainly be watching to see what you do next. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks for listening to the See It To Be It podcast. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free weekly newsletter featuring a new woman to watch each week. And check out over a thousand more featured women at onthedotwoman.com. Know someone we need to feature? Reach out at onthedotwoman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.